do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Bozo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, a podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why am I focused on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we as investors, big and small and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job and I will definitely continue to do so and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. And now, without further ado, the interview. Enjoy! Welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Agriculture as if the Planet Mattered. In these interviews, I'm talking to people who are scaling up the sector, either by increasing the influx of capital or by working on the ground to scale up the enterprises on the ground. Why regenerative agriculture? Because so many of the world current issues come together in this subject, from drought to water scarcity, climate change, social issues, hunger, obesity, all have a connection to how we grow food and what we eat. You're going to listen to an interview with Michiel Lenstra, partner at The Wire Group and Impact Investor, and we'll be talking about the role of smallholder farmers in the regenerative agriculture revolution. Enjoy. So very warm welcome. I'm Koen van Seyen, your host of today. Today in the podcast, we have Michiel Lenstra, impact investor and partner at The Wire Group, a group who helps high net worth individuals and families in the Netherlands to move their capital to impact. And we have a slightly different angle today, looking mostly at the role of smallholder farmers in the agri- agriculture transition that we are in. Welcome, Michiel. Hello, Koen. So to start off immediately um, with a personal question, why are you in this space and why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, to answer that, I think it's good to uh, um, explain that I'm wearing two hats uh, today, uh, as you already said, uh, as partner at the Wire Group uh, and, and as impact investor. Um, the work that I do with the Wire Group, where we uh, help uh, um uh, families to uh, do their impact investments. Um, the reason for doing that is because I just see an, an enormous potential for um, uh, redeploying capital in much more productive and much more impactful ways. Uh, when I was KPMG, I already um, started seeing this potential, um, and 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 then I decided to make that a full time um, full time occupation. Um, uh, when I look at capital and the uh, potential of deploying that in the real economy, as opposed to the kind of more fictional economy of, of numbers and, and financial returns as, as numbers, then um, then then I think that that that's enormously um, uh, um, enormously valuable 
Um, so that's the work that I'm doing with uh, with Wire Group. Um, the background to all this is when I was uh, uh, doing some uh, work for Philips in uh, in Brazil, and uh, I was sitting in my hotel in Brasilia and looking out the window, uh, there were um, uh, a group of homeless people uh, sitting in the park that I could see from uh, from my room, um, and it was at that point that I um, kind of these different streams of thought came together and uh, uh, the uh, intention or the ambition to kind of help a significant number of people to improve their lives through uh, through private markets kind of uh, came up um, and and the work with wire group is kind of a, a, a flows out of that um, in addition uh, uh, I'm also an, uh, an impact investor myself um, and the focus that I've chosen uh, for that is um, uh, agriculture. Um, again, this starts uh, quite a few years back uh, when I was doing uh, at KPMG a number of projects uh, in the agriculture space. We were doing calculations of the costs and benefits of making a, a, a transition of, uh, of, of value chains, agricultural value chains to more sustainable uh, uh, value chains. Um, and that kind of brought me in touch with the whole smallholder uh, theme that I became incre uh, increasingly uh, interested in. And I think, um, uh, yeah, for me, this is uh, really where kind of the environmental uh, challenges that we face and the social challenges that we face come together in a, uh, in a very unique way. Yeah, so why, why smallholder farmers? What's the... the why was that part of the sector of the agriculture sector so so interesting to you yeah like i said the the the, the just the, the 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 potential for impact there is is to my mind just uh, really uh incredible because um uh, while at kpmg we were doing these calculations of uh like i said the costs and benefits of, of transitioning um the sector uh it, it was very clear uh, in those calculations that with, you know, quite minor changes in how these farmers work, their, their, their agricultural practices or their access to uh, particular inputs or uh, what have you, that slight, quite minor changes had such a huge uh, impact on their income, for example, um, uh, on their productivity and, and their income. So uh, I really saw that uh, that potential. And the more I started looking into it, the more I realized that uh, um, so many different themes that I care about, at least, um, come together there. Um, if you consider that about 65% of the world poor are um, either farmers or the family of farmers, um, and you realize that 75% of the people that are hungry in this world are also living in rural areas uh, and, and therefore also directly or indirectly um, dependent on, on agriculture. And then you look at the environmental uh, side of things and you realize that, you know, about, depending on the figures you look at, but nearly 30% of greenhouse gases uh, come from agriculture, 80, 90% of water is used in agriculture. The, and the list goes on and on. Uh, um, uh, so, so really, uh, for me, uh, agriculture uh, is at the heart of of of, of the the uh, social and environmental challenges that we face today, um, and within that, the smallholder 
uh, really represents both the challenges uh, because they, they they face enormous challenges. If you look at the, the kind of life of a uh, of a of an average smallholder farmer, it's um, really quite daunting uh, to see what 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 kind of reality they face. Um, but also, um, uh, uh, but also in terms of the the, the, the potential. So um, again, uh, uh, you know, some statistics uh, suggesting that. Uh, smallholder farmers as a group, and, and there's about 500 million of them, so there are an enormous number of them, but as a group, they can increase their productivity by 50, 60%. And, and obviously, these are kind of uh, uh, quite broad stroke figures, but but I think the, the message is clear that there's an enormous potential, which, you know, uh, uh, looking at uh, the potential for... Um, uh, contributing to food security, for example, the 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 question of how do we feed, uh, you know, the, uh, the the billions of people on Earth by 2050 that that is constantly raised. I think smallholders hold the key to answering that question. Yeah, they they really seem to be at the the crossroad of of many many movements and and especially, I mean, with 500 million, the social angle is extremely important and it's extremely sad that most poor people are farmers and most most unnourished undernourished people are also farmers which of course should be uh, should be completely different so if you if you look at it from an angle from from the social perspective and the smaller farmers at regenerative agriculture uh, what do you think are a few logical steps that should happen if we look five or even ten years i mean agriculture is a long-term play 15 20 years from now what, where do you see uh, movements and where would you like to see movements going? Um, well, I think um, again, it's 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 a story of challenge and 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 opportunity. Um, the, the the challenge uh, is, uh, as I see it, to um, to unlock that potential that is that is there. You know, for uh, farmers to um, become much more. Um, uh, productive in in all senses of the word word uh, 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 which also translates then to a much more stable and, and much more uh, a higher level of income um, um, and thereby also contribute to the, the the food security question so so to unlock that potential while at the same time not repeating uh, many of the mistakes that have been made in agriculture over the last uh, uh, decades whereby you know the, the 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 earth has just been taken as a as a, a, a yeah how to say that a receptacle for uh, uh, for the crops that we want to grow. You have the soil, you put in some chemical inputs and uh, and a seed, and then you you harvest the the, the crop and you you repeat that year after year, um, not really paying any attention to the uh, health of the of the soil. Um, so if we you know, uh, uh, unlock that potential uh, of smallholder farmers, but go down that road that we have gone down before, then I think it's uh, not the win-win uh, uh, opportunity that I think uh, uh, exists in, in the smallholder farmer space. Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? 
we have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. So it's really balancing, not making the same mistakes we have made or in, in hindsight, when we made them, of course, they were very logical, logical steps we took. But in hindsight, we learned a lot of things and hopefully we can prevent and another big group of farmers from from making the same making the same mistakes yeah and i mean that and that's obviously that's obviously difficult because um uh, it, it is very hard to ask from somebody who is uh, uh very poor and who who has an opportunity to to improve their situation to say okay you know uh, 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 but we would like you to do it in in uh, in in such and such a way so that you know you're not repeating the mistakes that we've made before and that you save our earth. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a, a parallel to the climate change discussion where you know we've put all these climate gases into the atmosphere and now we're asking um, uh, developing economies to say, okay, well, there's too much climate gas in the atmosphere. Can you, uh, can you, uh, uh, stay in place? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a similar discussion. Um, but I think kind of paradigmatically, uh, uh, um, uh, we need to change that discussion and, and, um, um, realize. And I think, I mean, uh, I think many smallholder farmers realize that, anyway whether it's explicitly or implicitly um, that the ecosystem services um, that are provided uh, are are essential to their uh, to their success and 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 in some ways maybe even more so um, than it is for you know the, the 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 larger scale farmers in more developed economies because simply said um, smallholder farmers just don't have the means the financial means to replace ecosystem services whether it's uh you know uh, uh um organic material or or or, or, or um uh, nutrition for the for the crops or whether it's uh, uh pest management or water uh etc they just don't have you know the the money to invest to, to replace those ecosystem services which are provided in a healthy uh in a healthy ecosystem uh, so i think uh, in if if we look at it from that mindset, then the two actually go uh, hand in hand. Yeah, and they they have to because what gives us the right to tell somebody to not develop in a certain way? Actually, nothing probably gives us the right to do that. But if if it fits into the most logical steps, and hopefully we can make it in such a way, and we with local farmers that the only way or the only logical way forward is the um, um, the, the regenerative agriculture or the sustainable agriculture or ecological agriculture or whatever uh, stamp we put on it. Um, but yeah, we, we can't ask anybody to make a sacrifice like that, especially if you're a smaller farmer that li literally lives from one season to the next. Um, and please don't put this fertilizer because it's bad from five years from now, which is an incredibly arrogant thing to say. No, absolutely, and but and and uh, again, the, the 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 good news is that uh, uh, um, uh, empirical studies have shown that um, it's not a zero sum game in in the sense that uh, um, uh, uh, productivity growth and um, uh, uh, regeneration or, or or kind of ecologically centered agriculture 
kind of are mutually exclusive. In fact, they're not. Uh, and, and studies have shown that you can have significant productivity increase through uh, um, ecosystem-centric uh, farming practices. So, I mean, I think that's definitely very encouraging. And I think um, the, 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 the interesting um, uh, challenge uh, is how do we kind of put that into uh, practice as we scale uh, solutions for uh, for smallholder farming. Um, how can we Im embed that kind of um, ecosystem-centric farming into the products and services that I think are the key to uh, smallholder farmers reaching their potential? Because, I mean, I think, you know, we can talk about that more in a minute, but um, I think that's where I see a real uh, gap at the moment um, uh, for for reaching that potential. The, the the lack of appropriate products and services geared to uh, to smallholders. Yeah, because you you've been looking at this sector for for quite a bit. You've been investing in it. You've been working on on agriculture also from the perspective of uh, at the Wire Group. So what have you been seeing? The gap you just mentioned. Can you explain a bit more about that and maybe? one or two examples of, of companies or solutions that are, are trying to fill that gap? Yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 the first thing to, to kind of realize and, and, and uh, uh, understand is that uh, smallholder farmers are not farmers by choice most of the time. They're just, they're, they're farmers by legacy because they're, uh, their families, their 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 uh, forefathers were farmers. And that's, you know, that's, that's what they, uh, uh, were born into, um, and they um, they're 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 working the land, uh, but it's really a hand to mouth existence. They're subsistence farmers, um, so uh, I think that that's an important uh, point to 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 start from. And if you start from that, then you can also start to kind of uh, understand that uh, you know many smallholder farmers don't want to be on the farm. They actually want to move. Uh, to the urban areas and 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 seek out different opportunities. On the other hand, there will be farmers, smallholder farmers, who do want to uh, 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 be in farming, uh, but then probably not under the conditions that they are doing it right now. And I think what stands between the conditions within which they are doing it right now, the that subsistence, hand-to-mouth existence, um, is uh, it, it comes from an, a number of um, uh, gaps uh, in the in the marketplace, which means that uh, smallholder farmers just have very limited access to the market, um, and that you know uh, shows itself in, in in different ways. Whether it's access to uh, the market for land, uh, access to the market for uh, knowledge and technology, whether it's access to uh, uh, the the financial markets. Uh, or access to the actual, you know, product markets. Uh, many farmers, uh, smallholder farmers, don't know, uh, have a don't have a good idea of what price they should be asking for their produce, and and actually end up uh, underselling, which uh, you know uh, is to their to the detriment of the, of their income. So I think there's a lot of um, uh, 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 struggle to to uh, enter markets, and I think that gap can be filled by um, by uh, innovative uh, approaches by, by, by companies that are providing 
products and services that, that make those linkages. Um, and you asked about examples. Um, so one of the companies that uh, you and I have both invested in uh, is uh, Landmap. Um, and Landmap is a, a, a Dutch company that works with uh, farmers in uh, initially Ghana, but they're, they're, they have plans to go to other countries. But initially Ghana, they're, they're working with uh, farmers to, to literally map out their land because uh, most uh, land entitlement in, in Ghana and, and many other countries is based on uh, customary practices. So there, there, there are, uh, you know, uh, understandings about who has what land, but it's not documented and it's not official, which makes these farmers, farmers very vulnerable because uh, if a government official or a chief comes along and says, hey, you know, this land is mine, they don't really have uh, any any recourse. Um, uh, and it also makes it harder for them to invest in their land because uh, because of because of that risk um, and, and and also issues around kind of how do you pass land on from one generation to the next so this company is using some you know not very uh, pioneering technology but using it in a in a pioneering way namely to use gps to map out the um map out the land and then they have a whole process whereby they get uh, turn that uh, digital map of the land into uh, uh, an official title for the land, uh, which then helps them get access to things like credit and uh, uh, um, uh, maybe you know in 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 time can also uh, help stimulate a, a market for uh, uh, agricultural land, uh, whereby those farmers that don't want to be uh, uh, farmers, they can sell or lease their land to those farmers that do want to be and, and, and give those farmers that are uh, wanting to be uh, farming and wanting to be entrepreneurial in, in doing that um, to expand the, the land that they uh, that they manage um, and, 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 and um, uh, work on a slightly uh, bigger scale. Not to say that scale is everything, but um, at least it, 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 it uh, allows some more flexibility in, uh, in, in how they operate. Yeah, I think it's an excellent example of, of really to start at, at the bottom of the pyramid, in this, in this case, uh, cocoa farmers in, uh, in Ghana that are among the poorest of the poorest while we are paying a, a really hefty sum for our, our chocolate bars. So there's something in the value chain that that has to change and, and hopefully it starts with with land ownership and land titles uh well, yeah one of the other challenges uh like i said is is access to to knowledge and to uh, uh to technology because um uh, most of the smallholder farming is is uh, very labor intensive which on the one hand i think uh can be seen as a positive thing in the sense that it uh, supports local uh, uh, local jobs, but but uh, in in more and more rural economies, the reality is actually that there is a an increasing shortage of labor, or or that labor is becoming more and more expensive, uh, particularly uh, when you look at it on a seasonal basis, uh, because a lot of people are moving off the land and into the cities, um, and also because of the 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 the, the aging of the population uh, of the rural population. Uh, this manual labor is actually becoming more scarce and more expensive, which leaves the uh, farmers that are dependent on that uh, uh, with with another challenge, namely, um, how do I work the land and uh, um, and make that economically viable? Um, so another company 
uh, that uh, I've looked at is uh, uh, Hello Tractor. Uh, they are setting up in Nigeria to um, provide tractor services. Uh, so they um, uh, they they sell tractors which are uh, GPS enabled. Uh, they sell them to uh, uh, small entrepreneurs uh, who in turn rent out the tractor on a job-by-job uh, job basis so that the uh, uh, farmers, the smallholder farmers can get access to this technology, which, you know, on its own is, is, is not affordable for a single farmer to uh, put up the capital for, the, uh, for, for, for a tractor, even if it is a small, low horse, horsepower tractor. Um, but it gives them access to the services of the of the tractor and 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 thereby uh, able to to work their land much more uh, efficiently and 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 also to uh, to much lower cost. So those are just a couple of examples of of companies that are uh, uh, you know coming up and 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 entering this uh, uh, smallholder uh, market. Yeah, an extremely interesting example from from another angle. And if you look at, um, when we bring it to a bit more, uh, this was already extremely practical, but, but if you look at your work in the past, let's say, year, um, uh, both your, your both hats, so both your, your own impact investing and also as partners, the Wire Group, if you look at year, um, a year ago and until now, what, what has changed in the sector, in your work, what has kept you busy and, and what are you uh, um, happy that you basically concluded maybe... Uh, um, as we are approaching actually the end of the year. Um, yeah, so let me take the two two strands then. Uh, from a from a wire group perspective, uh, uh, a huge amount has changed uh, over the last year, um, simply because we have seen amongst our um, a client base uh, an, an interest to uh, kind of start putting up more capital and, and moving more capital into the impact investing space. Um, but at the same time, not really knowing how to deploy that. And uh, with Wire Group, that's the the the, the role that we are uh, uh, taking to kind of do the the the, the handholding and provide the services around making the uh, the impact investments. Um, so that's uh, you know the, I think uh, I mean obviously the the the. Uh, the figures are there from the uh, from the the work that Jin and JP Morgan are doing yearly. So they're they're showing the yearly growth in impact investing. But for me personally, it's 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 really great to uh, uh, um, see that kind of translated very concretely into uh, into our client base uh, over the past year. So that's um, uh, so that's very exciting. Um, and then from a uh, from an investment point of view, I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just gave those two examples. I think that there are more examples. I think um, uh, there has been a realization, and this is go going back more, definitely more than a year, but in, 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 in the past kind of uh, five years or so, there's been a realization in, in, in lots of different uh, levels of, uh, of society from the uh, you know, from the, the 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 UN down to the international NGOs, but also I think within impact investing, uh, there's been a realization that there is this promise of the the, the smallholder farmers, and that is now translating into um, an increasing number of uh, opportunities uh, in that in that field because uh, um, we also have to be realistic and and and. Uh, um, 
understand that this is also a very difficult market. I mean, the, the, the market of selling products and services to smallholders is, is possibly one of the most difficult markets to, to be in because, you know, as we've said, the, the, the smallholders are poor. Uh, they uh, um, they they don't have a very high level of professionalization. They're not used to buying uh, uh, products and services. Um, uh, they're obviously incredibly geographically dispersed, uh, often in in very uh, um, uh, uh, you know not very dense uh, densely populated areas. So distribution is an issue. Um, their uh, their incomes, uh, even in, when they do have an income, are extremely uh, um, volatile uh, living from from uh, from harvest to harvest so you know uh, i think we also have to be very realistic that this is a very uh, difficult market to to be in and 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 despite that there are now uh, an increasing number of initiatives and 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 uh, companies uh, and also funds that are uh, that are focusing on uh, on this so i think personally again that that, that is uh, exciting and uh, and very positive yeah, it seems like the space is 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 waking up and and offering more and more ways to. Uh, still, it's very early on, but to put money to work in uh, in this sector, and uh, and that's a good thing because without that, we cannot really move capital uh, into the space. And when you let's take it to a year from now, what will have changed in in your work on with both hats, and what would you like to have seen changing? Uh, um, with your uh, with your work in the next twelve months, I, I think from a, from a wide group point of view, what I would like to see in a in a in a year time uh, is uh, that the approach that we are taking with wire group, which is basically one uh, around um, building impact investing portfolios, uh, whereby we look both at um, uh, uh, kind of a, a finance first perspective, whereby we say you know, uh, investing in impact doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're compromising on, on financial returns, um, that, that, that the realization uh, is, is amongst our client base is, is growing, that that is possible. Um, but on the other hand, that there's also uh, room for investing from a more theory of change kind of approach. So, uh, so that people uh, really dig into a, a particular theme that's important and close to them um, and, and, and invest uh, in that uh, with a view to developing uh, a particular theme or a particular sector and, and, and building that up and building up the ecosystem that's, that's, that's necessary around that. So um, with Wire Group, we've just done a, a, a paper, we've written a, a paper on, uh, on agriculture and food. Um, so that's just one example of a theme uh, that, that we've looked at. Um, and, and, and I think, and, and others will follow. And I think that this, that approach uh, to impact investing is, is, is very necessary and very important. And, and that's also the approach that I take from my uh, uh, personal point of view. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's about the individual investments, but it's also about the, the, the ecosystem that is building up because you need, you know, and, and that's obviously not for single investors always to, to, to realize that or to, to make that happen. But uh, as long as you're taking that perspective of building the, the, the ecosystem of company services, uh, 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 NGOs, etc., that are uh, that are contributing to a particular theory of change. So um, 
so in short, uh, uh, what I would like to see in a year's time is that uh, in Wire Group we get our clients to uh, um, awaken or awaken, but but realize this this uh, dual approach of uh, you know finance first, portfolio building, and also. Uh, 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 venturing into a particular theory of change, um, and then from the smallholder agriculture, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, just looking forward to seeing more and more development in that space, and and seeing that ecosystem of uh, uh, products and services building further and further. And um, then I think if we take we look at more from an uh, from, I mean, you you use your personal hat as an impact investor, obviously. What do you see as the the two most important barriers? Um, you're, we already discussed this in in the um, at the beginning. What what are for you personally the two most important barriers to make impact investments in uh, regenerative agriculture with a more smallholder farmer angle? Yeah, I mean, I go back to what I said earlier, which is the 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 the, the I think the, the the real barrier to making this work is to um, uh, uh, is to ensure that. Uh, the 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 productivity improvement and the the development of of smallholder farmers uh, uh, occurs in lockstep with uh, an environmental perspective, which 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 uh, has a a, a clear uh, understanding and a clear uh, appreciation of the of the ecosystem uh, context within which that that occurs, um, and on a very practical level, that means that. Companies like Hello Tractor, which are selling these um, uh, tractor services to smallholder farmers, that they are uh, that they take that approach, and and I think to some extent they do. So, for example, they are um, already uh, uh, have an attachment to the to the tractor with which they can do uh, seed drilling, which uh, uh, in turn enables uh, no-till or low-till. Agriculture, which you know, from a soil perspective, is obviously uh, much better. So it is uh, possible, uh, but it is uh, important and necessary that all those companies that are providing these uh, uh, products and services uh, uh, definitely have a very genuine and authentic commitment to uh, to the um, to that ecosystem-centric approach. Um, so that's that's one. Um, uh, uh, barrier or, or challenge that I see, um, and on the other hand, I think I mean I've just described kind of this um, uh, this energy that is being generated around smallholder farmers, um, and 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 that translating into new uh, initiatives, um, uh, which which I think is positive. But I think there's also a risk that uh, because there's also a lot of interest among the UN and the NGOs, et cetera, in this sector. Um, uh, one of the concerns that I have is that at one point, uh, uh, large amounts of um, uh, institutional grant funding start going into this sector. I mean, or, or obviously already a lot of money is going into it, but if, if, if that is to scale up and all these organizations are working in isolation to come up with um, you know, new projects, and they don't um, uh, deploy that money in a way that's supportive of the, the the kind of grassroots initiatives that are that are coming up. Then I think there's a risk that that those grassroots initiatives will will suffer from that because they will be uh, um, you know because they they won't have access to that money. 
um, and that money is going into the the, the you know the, the the projects that have been selected by these organizations rather than um, rather than uh, supporting that sector development. So that's uh, I think those are two kind of areas that uh, uh, that are a, a challenge. Yeah, we should try to to somehow also get that grant money in a in an impact investing format or to to invest it at least with those glasses on because otherwise um it could really disrupt uh, the sector as we see in actually in other sectors as well yeah i mean i think i think the the, the key to it is to um uh to, to take the to to take this uh, star the smallholder perspective which uh, or maybe put another way to to um, empower the smallholder to make his or her own choices and to uh, uh, spend their money uh, uh, on the, the the products and services that they see as a best best match for for what they need, rather than you know design a project for developing smallholder uh, farmers on paper uh, and then kind of imposing that on uh, on the on the smallholder farmers. So, um, you know, maybe in some sense, the, 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 the best thing to do would be to just, you know, whatever grant money is available to just give that to the smallholders. And then, you know, from there, that will really kind of create a boost uh, in demand for uh, products and services uh, uh, specifically geared towards smallholders. Um, and, and then uh, you actually get a very powerful boost rather than working counterproductively. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point and also a, a great point to, to finish this interview. And I would like to, to thank you for your time. And I think we'll be definitely checking in uh, with you um, in, in less than a year from now to see uh, and to hear hopefully many more examples of ways to, to invest into smallholder farmers uh, with an ecological uh, angle and to make sure that, that for many generations to come, um, farmers are are not the ones that are malnutrition mostly and and are the poorest of the poorest absolutely absolutely thank you for uh for uh, uh giving me the opportunity to uh, to share this you just listened to an interview with michiel lenstra partner at the wire group and impact investor we talked about the role of smaller farmers in the regenerative agriculture space and i hope you will join us again soon with more of these interviews if you found the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two, share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three, if this podcast has been of value to you, and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.